Hello, hello, hello. Oh, shh. We're in the charts, Hannah. We've made it. Granted, we're 180, but we're in the charts. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) Hi, you're listening to the Unplugged Mental Health Podcast with Tom and Hannah. So it's Mental Health Awareness Week here in the UK and Mental Health Awareness Month in the US. And the theme this year in the UK is nature. So we did a bit of research because we love doing a bit of research on these things. And this year's theme was created because of the connection people have with the natural environment. Off the back of lockdown and COVID restrictions, it's become one of the top coping strategies people adopted during the pandemic. Millions of us turned to nature, with apparently 45% of us reportedly immersing ourselves in green spaces and recognising it has been vital for our mental health. Where we lost in-person contact, we gained daily comfort by wildlife and the seasonal environment around us. I think it's also a really good way for us to reset as human beings. I feel like, especially in this day and age, we're just so immersed in a man-made environment. You've only got to look outside and you're just surrounded by cars, buildings, infrastructure. Even up in London, there's just tons of cranes and building sites going on. And I think for me personally, I've been commuting up to London every day for the past 10 years. So I suppose going back to lockdown last year, that really helped me kind of experience what I've been missing out on that's right on my doorstep. So just behind the back of my flat, there's loads and loads of farmer's fields that I just didn't know existed. And throughout lockdown last year, because there was nothing else to do and there was a lot of stuff that was closed and we were obviously encouraged to go out and exercise, I explored these. And there was just so much satisfaction that I got and so much or so many benefits to my personal mental health just by going out, exploring new places, being outside in the warm, being outside with nature. That just really, really helped. And even even when the restrictions started easing both last year and this year as well, it encouraged us to meet up with our friends, but not in the typical social environments that we've been used to. So not meeting up in a pub, not meeting up in a restaurant, but meeting up in different places. And I'm fortunate enough to live about 10 minutes from the seafront. And I think I probably visited the beach more times in the past 12 months meeting up with friends than I have done in the past, in in my 28 years of life. And I think it's also important to note that even if you are living right in the middle of a city or a really urban built up area, there are so many informative blogs and websites that just can give you the knowledge on how to achieve that nature indoors. One of those being houseplants. I know that's something that we've spoken about before and something that you're quite passionate about. Yeah, I have lots of houseplants. I have a real obsession with them. And I think if I had my own place and I didn't need to negotiate with my partner, it would literally be 100% botanical. So there'd be plants everywhere. I remember, obviously, when we were back in the office, the leaders at Orbis actually wanted to source a lot of plants for our workplace. I remember a couple of us got given a budget and we went out and bought loads of plants for our desks. And it was just a really great idea, I think, to bring in an essence of nature into the workplace you think it's a really great way to not only purify the air and all the sort of scientific benefits to having indoor plants but also you know nature induces feelings of tranquility and balance don't you think definitely and like you said whilst the main benefit I suppose is just for that purification of yeah purifying the air and helping environmentally it also does help aesthetically as well you know it's it's so much nicer to be able to look at that and be immersed with nature as opposed to the typical man-made environment that I spoke about previously you also touched on balance then and that was something that 
I had as a goal the various lockdowns of last year and going into this year. So I actually saw a life coach, must have been probably about a year ago now, probably uh, May, June time last year. And I don't know if, if either you or if any of the listeners have seen a life coach before, but something that we did to understand how I was at that minute and how I was feeling you know, then was to work through something called a coaching circle or, or a coaching wheel. And what you have to do is you have to rate out of 10 how satisfied you are in different categories, such as work, money, family, personal development, etc. And the one area that was giving me anxiety was how I could achieve balance in all of those areas because my life had, and everyone's life had kind of been turned upside down. I was so used to a routine of waking up in the morning at six, half six, going to London and then not getting back until seven o'clock, eight o'clock, maybe even nine o'clock some nights. With the lockdowns of last year and what I touched on before about being able to go outside and go for walks, being able to do more exercise, even small things like spending more time with my family. We got to have dinner at the table every night as a family um, throughout the whole of lockdown last year, which is something that we've never had to do. And that was giving me anxiety. I knew that these lockdowns weren't going to last forever. And I knew that at some point I was going to have to go back into work and go back into an environment where some of these things I'd experienced wouldn't be sustainable. So we created this overarching goal to achieve balance in my life. And we created these little mini goals and little milestones to be able to sustain balance in my life. Some of these would be to wake up earlier and meditate, similar to what Andrew was saying, actually, in the in the mindset episode, but also do things like making sure I do X amount of steps a day. And I think even joining all this and joining a company which just promotes the flexibility and a good work-life balance, it's helped me achieve and it's helped me be able to maintain all of those positive things that I've found help myself during lockdown and be able to maintain those in a life where we are going back to normality. Yeah that's really interesting actually to hear how you adapted and sort of future-proofed the benefits of those little routines that you'd built in lockdown. I have thought before although lockdown has been a struggle and there has been some low points there's also been some real high points too and some real advantages to it learning what a real work-life balance is and I think businesses have learned what that looks like too and how you can really trust your staff to maintain that you know all that sort of flexibility and accessibility to outdoors and outdoor activities that we have now that we've been through something like lockdown it's great to see how you learn how to retain those um, and how to move forward with them just as we go back into this new normal as well I've never actually personally seen a life coach but sounds like a really interesting journey to go on and it's almost stuff that I could have probably worked out myself but it's just having someone there that can just push you in the right direction and just just kind of guide you on a pathway that can get you to your success in the quickest way possible and it's also the most sustainable uh, way possible as well because it's all it's all well and good saying right wake up at 5am do this do this do this but that's just not going to be sustainable so it's just setting things which you can allow yourself to have a lay in one day and you can allow yourself to not always do 10,000 steps every day but it's just about creating that routine and just trying to stick to something as best as possible to have that balance yeah yeah exactly so Jo is one of the directors at Orbis and she leads people and operations, which includes supporting our inclusion strategy, mental health, first aid support and everyone's personal goals within the business. We wanted to invite Jo on the show today to share some of her experiences and wisdom and how we can all find balance in our lives. Hi Jo, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? 
Yes, not too bad, thank you, not too bad. Thanks for coming on the show, Joe. Thanks for having me. Feels really good to have someone from Orbis here. I know, I feel um, incredibly lucky to be sort of your first Orbis guest, I think. You shared our podcast on social the other day and you've spoken to us personally just to sort of extend your support and gratitude for us sort of setting up this podcast. So just wondered, why do you think it's worth Tom and I doing this podcast and talking about mental health? I guess for me, I still don't think there are enough conversations happening about mental health and and well-being and especially in the workplace I think it's still something that people leave at the door and tend not to speak to people about they might not speak to their managers or their colleagues and without conversations like these I I don't think that will change that's the reason that you guys have set this up to encourage people to have those types of conversations I also think as leaders or people managing businesses I think it's really important that we we continue to learn about about mental health and how people might be struggling so that we can we can manage with empathy I think it's it's really really important like everybody over the last 12 14 months has has probably struggled a little bit their lives have been turned upside down and I think that it's super important for businesses to recognize that you know you might have some people that are feeling anxious about coming back to the workplace you might have people that lockdown has just really affected them so I think yeah, just having these conversations works works really, really well and encourages people to, to continue to have them outside of this. That makes loads of sense. And I think it's just about, obviously, from, from the business's point of view, having that empathy and having that understanding. But but I think it's also from, from the actual employees as well. It's actually noticing that if you are feeling anxious, if you are feeling depressed, you aren't alone. Mm. And I think this, that's, that, that's one of the biggest things that I've found is as soon as I've started talking about my own personal story, I've realised that I'm not one in a million. There's so many other people that are going through the same things as me, that are experiencing the same things. And it's only when someone else speaks up that it gives the confidence for other people to start speaking up as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that a lot of the time in businesses, they will, they'll say that they support X, Y and Z. They'll say that they're doing something for Mental Health Awareness Week, but actually they're not they're not doing enough and they're not creating an environment where people actually feel like they can speak. I think that's like the missing part within a lot of workplaces. I think we can encourage employees to 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 speak about this stuff with each other, with, with their line managers, with leaders within the business. But businesses really need to be aware that they have to have a culture and environment where people feel that it is OK, that they feel that it's safe to do this. Um, it's all well and good having an EAP or you know having other initiatives within your business to support people with mental health but if people if the leaders of the business don't feel comfortable having conversations and supporting people that might be struggling that that doesn't really work either it's, it's at the end of the day it's actions speak louder than words like you, you can put up as many you know handy guides or you can send around as many emails as you want but it's, it's the actions that speak louder. It's the leaders leading by example, having those conversations. It's people like myself, who's, who's new into the business, that feels comfortable speaking to someone like you, Joe, or speaking to Adam or Craig or Wayne, because, mm-hmm. it's, because it's that safe environment where I know I'm not going to be judged. I know I'm not going to have my position affected or have my position jeopardised because I'm speaking out about that sort of thing. So like 10 years ago for me, it was about 10 years ago, I remember being in a review with somebody 
and them saying to me, I'm struggling at the moment, I've been diagnosed with depression and I'm on medication. And at that that point in my life, I'd never really had many conversations about mental health, um, didn't really know how to handle that. And as a as a line manager and leader, that that's not great for me to sat there not knowing how to respond to that person and how to support them. So that's why I like to talk about this stuff because we don't all have experience um, and, and people that haven't, then you know, it's important that they can try and understand and learn from people that maybe have suffered or, or been through something and that's yeah. affected their mental health. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just linking back to the podcast, has there been anything in particular from any of the episodes that have inspired you or has kind of invoked any feelings or reactions internally? Yeah, so I was listening the other day to the episode, Tom, that you you spoke about your struggles with addiction. And at the end, I think it's towards the end of that, you guys are speaking about actually listening to people and you know I think we're all guilty of asking people how they are how they're feeling are they okay um but even that phrase of question are you okay it's kind of you know you're putting words into somebody's mouth you're not asking them how they're feeling and I think we should you know we should all try myself included um try and be more present when we're asking people how they feel put your phone down look at people, listen, be in the moment and and truly listen to what they're saying and not always imposing your opinions or thoughts on those people. You know, I think that that's a really big thing for me to take away from that. Yeah, definitely. We've spoken before about Roman Kemp's two OK rule. I think this was in our pilot episode way back um, when his documentary first came out. Tom and I were saying that when somebody asks you, you know, that second time, how you're feeling and how you are and things like that, it's often an invitation for you to open up and actually Mm -hmm. have a genuine conversation about it. Because that is something really hard to do sometimes. I think, you know, quite often we, we can assume that because somebody hasn't opened up just the first time that they are fine, especially people that may be a bit more confident about speaking about their feelings, they might be a bit more open about stuff. Not everybody is like that. And sometimes people need to be asked twice or, you know, they need to be asked in a different way outside of their friendship group. It's just one on one or something like that. So we've been talking to various guests on the podcast about achieving balance. I know achieving the ultimate balance is something I've always sort of struggled with and fail miserably with on, you know, day to day. But it is easier said than done, maintaining a work-life balance, you know, having a busy job with children, for instance, if you've got any sort of creative side projects, hobbies, trying to maintain an exercise regime, healthy nutrition, there's a lot to manage in that. So just wondered, do you think balance is actually achievable and how do you sort of set about trying to achieve a work-life balance? If it is achievable, I've not got there <laughs> yet myself. I try and work on this quite a lot, but I think one thing that I've learned to do myself is, is not to compare myself to others. Often I can look into a situation and see a colleague or a friend and think, they've got great balance, but they're also achieving all of this great stuff. And, you know, that person might have three kids, a new puppy, go to the gym five days a week, and they've just got a promotion. And I'm like, they seem so relaxed and balanced and happy, and they're giving everything to everybody. I need to be more like that person. But actually, I'm not that person. And what I find challenging 
might be completely different to what that person finds challenging. And as people, I think we just compare ourselves a lot to, to how other people are doing, but we're all going through different struggles in our lives. And I think, you know, once I started to stop comparing myself to other people and concentrating on myself and what was going on in my life, I found the path to balance a little bit easier. I'm still definitely not there, but I, I've taken off that pressure sometimes things take over a little bit more in your life you know things will fluctuate you know one week you might have to work a little bit more and the next week you might concentrate more on your family and that's okay we need to look at things over a longer period of time you don't have to do everything every day you know you don't have to be great at work see your friends go to the gym cook meals meditate do some yoga it's all too much like there's there's so much pressure to to be this perfect person but actually, when you probably go and meet that perfect person, they're, they're probably struggling as well. And it's not always what you see on the surface. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's just about not comparing myself to others and just focusing on myself and looking at things on sort of a longer term viewpoint rather than today or this week, what I've achieved or what I've not achieved. We even spoke earlier and we were saying about how we flick through Instagram and you always see similar to what you mentioned then, like someone that is always up at 5am doing a walk, they're always, they've got their dogs, they've got their family, but no one puts on when they're having a bad day. No one would put on there and say, oh, I didn't sleep last night, or I don't know, work, work's gone really bad today. It's own, people only post positive stuff. And that's why, yeah. whilst it's it's so easy to compare yourself, what you said then is so important about not comparing yourself to others. Everyone is different. People don't post their true lives online. Um, so so comparing yourself to someone like that is just comparing yourself to something that just doesn't exist and something that's not realistic. And you're only going to beat yourself up more and you're going to drive yourself away from that balance by, yeah, just by keep comparing yourself to other, to other people. Yeah, I think, you know, people should remember that things like Instagram or social media, they are a digital photo album. Like that's what it is. And before social media, you wouldn't go to somebody's house and see their photo album and open it up and see when, I don't know, the family have had a big row or somebody, you know, there's not a picture of them when they've had a bad day or something bad's happened. It's only all the good stuff. And we have to remember that that's, that's what it is. And it's great to see people, celebrities, influencers starting to share more, more real content. But there's still that break because although, you know, that those people that you know, whether they're celebrities or influencers are doing that I think the day-to-day -day people aren't doing that they are still only posting their their best life and that's it's really challenging to remember that all the time there was a post I saw yesterday actually and it was a picture of Will Smith and he was standing there topless just saying this is what lockdown has done to me and he had a dad bod and I was like finally <laughs> there's someone out there who is celebrating a body that's not chiselled six pack because I've I've compared myself to that in the past and I've put myself through hell to try and get that and it's unrealistic and it's unhealthy and it was so it was so nice to see someone of that stature and someone of that popularity posting something like that and posting himself making himself feel vulnerable and it's something that I really connected with and it's something that I shared and I was like this sort of thing needs to be normalized because these are bodies of normal people normal people don't have six packs and go to the gym 24 7 normal people have got dad bods for example or have got love handles or have got 
you know, just just normal people. And yeah, it was it was just so nice to see that and see someone of that with, with that many followers sharing something like that. Yeah, at the beginning of the first lockdown, I remember seeing all of these people doing all of these great things on on Instagram. They were all running 5k, running 10k, doing this, meditating, doing DIY at home. And I was like, right, I'm going to get into running and I'm going to enjoy it. And I just put so much pressure on myself every day to go out running. And then after a few weeks, I realized I absolutely hate running. Why am I doing this to myself in probably what is going to be the most diff- one of the most difficult times of our lives? You know, lockdown was incredibly difficult. Why why do something that you just genuinely don't like doing? You know, focus on something that you do like doing. I'm a massive advocate of getting up and getting out every morning, but it doesn't need to be what everybody else is doing on- online. For me, it's just going for a walk. And that's my way of sort of zoning out and figuring out how my day is going to go. But I didn't have to compare myself to somebody else that, you know, is training for a half marathon when I literally just hate running. <laughs> and yeah that again just goes back to not comparing yourself to people online so it's mental health awareness week this week and the theme is nature and I know from when I first started here Joe, um you, you were saying to me how important it is to go outside go for a walk and the benefits that you saw from that both specifically towards nature what what benefits did you get from walking outside and being outside and yeah just being in that nature environment Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think everybody must be so bored of me talking about going for a walk. Um, (laughs) I literally say it to everybody all the time, including my friends. So if my friends ring me and they've had a bad day or, you know, something's not going well for them, I'm like, have you been outside for a walk today? And they're like, yes, Joe, I've been outside. Please stop reminding me I need to go outside. But for me, it just really works. Like, as I mentioned about the running thing, that that's not for me. But getting out and spending some time every morning being outside and thinking about my day or the previous day, just it just really helps. And sometimes I actually don't think about work or anything like that. Yeah, for me, it's, it's just a good time to, to reflect, to escape, to be away from things. Um, quite often, I won't have my phone on me, which is just really nice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Getting outside and escaping the office environment, whether you're working from home or you're working in the city, it's really great to sort of get outside of that zone to sort of clear your mind. So I found out that this theme for Mental Health Awareness Week was actually created because of the connection and comfort people received from the natural environment during the last year we've had in lockdown which I thought was really interesting. I definitely found myself using the escapism of stepping outside. I think at one point in the UK, we were only allowed to go and exercise once a day. And I always ensured that that exercise was outside and amongst a natural environment. So down you know, in the park, or if I could get out on a nature reserve or whatever, it was somewhere that I could really soak up nice views and get lost in a forest. You know, there's something about feeling protected by the trees around you as well in those settings. And most of the time, I think just generally, even outside of lockdown, I spend most of my time chasing down coastlines. So my favourite place of refuge is being near water, So the beach, ocean views, clifftop walks, when I'm feeling really low, one of my strongest urges is to just run away and definitely that escapism element there. So getting out into nature just helps with that, helps clear my mind, helps to ground me 
Tom, I know you went paddle boarding recently. I'm guessing you kind of appreciate water as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that I picked up during lockdown last year. Well, it was initially not not for the mental health benefits. It was because it was something that I thought looked fun to do and, and looked interesting. But once I started to really get into it, and I think it's similar to what both of you have said around that escapism and just disconnecting from the world and having that time to reflect, because I, I almost feel like the second that I push away from the shore and I'm on the water, or the second that I you know, go from the beach to actually on the sea, I'm just leaving all of those stresses, all of the worries behind me, and it's just me, the paddleboard and nature it's just that time where I feel disconnected from you know a typical man-made world that's got cars roads buildings everything like that and I'm just it's just me my paddleboard and nature so yeah similar and, and kind of summing up what, what both of you have said that's something that I I found as my release because like I said it's just my time to reflect and when I finish that like my my partner always says I come home a different person because I might leave after work and go paddleboarding and whilst I'm still carrying those work stresses with me while I'm driving to the seafront or I'm driving to the local river. But as soon as I finish, I've left all that stuff behind me and I've come back home with a completely clear head. And it just goes back to people finding out what works for them. Because like you say, Joe, you, like you've, you've, you've told a lot of people that you go out walking and people get annoyed because you keep saying about going mm-hmm. out walking. But people have had different escapes. It's just about finding something that works for everyone because everyone's different everyone's individual and it's finding something tailored to them that works for them I guess it also induces a sense of calm because we're around so much all the time so like work especially now that we all work remotely it's you know everyone's contacting people on slack you've got video calls going you know you've got messages coming through and it can feel quite hectic but once you get out of that environment and you're out in you know a nature reserve or at the seaside or you know wherever you are even your local park it does just feel more calm being away from those distractions I guess. Just linking this back to work so what do you think are the most crucial elements to having a happy and healthy mind at work? I think that it's important for people to and and I know this isn't easy but I think it's really important for people to ask for help You could be struggling with something, you might be feeling stressed, you might have too many deadlines to work to. And quite often, I think people don't don't put their hand up and say, like, I've got too much on, this isn't working. I think there's so many people out there that want to be seen as high achievers and fixing everything and being involved in every project or initiative within the workplace. And actually, we can't do everything. And it's okay to you know, say to your colleague or your manager, I I need some help. I'm, I'm struggling with this. Um, but I, I appreciate that isn't easy for lots of people. I think that going back, the onus is on um, the business to ensure that they are creating the workplace where people can can say that they're struggling. Yeah, people shouldn't be ashamed about asking for help. And that does come down to what you were saying about it's the company putting in the right culture where it's acceptable to ask for help. And yeah. you aren't seen as weak. You aren't seen as not being able to do, to do your job because you you should just be seen as human. That's why you have a manager. That's why you have a team leader. That's why you have like mentorship programs, because you need to have that environment where it's okay to ask for help. And when you do ask for help, you aren't laughed at, you're not mocked, you're not ridiculed. Yeah, you're listened to and you're supported in in a way that encourages you to either get back on track or fix what's gone wrong. The other thing that can really benefit people is is being 
maybe strict with your time isn't the right way of saying it but you know being respectful of your own time working all the hours and working late working at the weekends doesn't always mean you're going to be more effective it's so so important and I think somebody mentioned this on your podcast before and I speak to people about this all the time about taking breaks and using holiday and you know having time away from work like it's so effective we put pressure on ourselves to to be the best to be you know the person that works late the person that's answering emails on the weekend the person that's you know taking calls when they're on holiday but actually in the long term that doesn't benefit anybody because uh, we're not getting that time to rest and, and recover so I think that that can be a big thing as well to help you have more work-life balance I think you have to be quite strict with your own time yeah definitely we had a really interesting chat with Will at Spill about burnout and they actually have a target where they track the amount of annual leave that their employees take, which I think is such a great initiative just to ensure that all your staff are taking that break from work. But yeah, but even with that, Hannah, there was a bit that you said as well, where when when people do book holiday and when it's approved, they get a little message that comes through and says that you're actively supporting the company, like progressing with their targets. <laughs> right, Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been really nice to have someone sort of internal as opposed to someone external on the podcast um so yeah thanks so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me it's been great thank you oh. it's weird because i'm literally going to walk upstairs in a minute and be like hi tom <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening today normally we whack a disclaimer in here about available help and support but this week we wanted to highlight mental health awareness week in the uk and mental health awareness month in the us In order to break down more barriers around mental health, please could we ask all of our listeners to go outside and enjoy nature or bring an element of nature into your home as and when you can. It might just help uplift your mood. However, if you need help, don't hesitate to accept it. We've provided a big list of resources in the show notes, including our newly launched podcast blog hosted on our Orbis Connect website. We've added an anonymous contact form for each of you to reach out to us if you wish. There's also some great content on there for you to look at. As always, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. And thanks for listening.